Hey guys, welcome to episode two of Sense and Sensitivity. Um, I'm Cece. And I'm Hannah. And today we are going to talk about adult friendships, including like how we met, how we approach making friends, and why it's so hard sometimes to make friends as an adult in a way that... Uh, I don't know. No one really ever told me when I was younger. I know it's the hardest thing. Everybody asks about it and it can be really difficult to maintain friendships too um, as lives are going in different directions, much more so than when you're a child. Yeah. Yeah. And you just like the demands of adult life just kind of like work to pull people apart in a way that you need a lot more intentionality about making time to make friends. And I think intentionally making friends is not something that we are ever really used to doing except for like freshman year of college maybe but then like everyone is trying to do the same thing totally exactly but I think I think you'll find that there are more people trying to do the same thing as an adult than you'd think yeah even um, if we don't talk I think about you guys it. like this episode This is Hannah with my actually new friend, Cece, and we are talking about adult friendships today. Let's let's talk about how you and I met um, a little bit just to start out, because I think it's a good uh, introduction to, to friendships and the value of, of that. Yeah. I mean, I feel like the way we met is the definition of maybe like six degrees of separation, right? Uh, totally. So, <laughs> I mean, wow. How did this start? Okay. So in the very beginning, I think it was like maybe a year or two ago, I was kind of a newer TikTok creator and I was just so lonely. Like it felt like I was making all the stuff, but I just didn't have anyone to talk about things with so I immediately was like okay I have to like go make some friends who are also creators so that we can complain about I don't know like community guidelines or recording or uh like negative comments things like that and I had seen this one um woman's videos Shannon um she's fluently forward on TikTok and Mm -hmm. I like I don't know I just thought she was like really smart and she seemed to be newer to TikTok as well so I reached out to her and I was like hey would you want to come to this dinner that I'm organizing organizing with some other creators. Uh, So she ended up coming to that. And then she threw a party like later on where she invited some of her podcaster friends, including um, Claire and Ashley of Celebrity Memoir Book Club and became friends with them. And when I was like trying to think about how to start a podcast, of course, I like talked to them. And I think you know uh, Claire and Ashley, right? Yes, I do. I've actually only talked to them online, but I have talked to them. I've been online friends with them for almost like two years, I think. Yeah. And I feel like it's a weird thing where when you are mutuals with someone, you get to see their videos and you do develop like a weirdly also parasocial relationship with them. Uh, even true. Yeah. You like just feel like you know them a little bit more. So uh, when I was talking to Claire about like, oh, I think I want to do a podcast, but I don't know, like I don't want to do it solo because I did do a solo podcast and it was just I I like get a weird out of body experience whenever I talk for too long. It's like I see myself talking and I'm just like, why am I talking? So I was like, I think I need a co-host, Claire. And uh, we were like talking about like why she and Ashley got along well, what she thought was like good, kind of just like podcast theory, which is like so nerdy. But um, I mean, I think she studied English in college and I studied econ, but like really into theory as well um, from law school. So we ended up like kicking things back and forth. And um, one day I was like thinking, I was like, wait, you mentioned, you know, Hannah Stella, right? And then she was like, yeah, of course. Um, We're like mutuals. And I was like, I feel like, you know, we might be at similar stages of life and it Mm -hmm. could be fun to do a podcast together. So that's when I was like, hey, Claire, do you want to introduce me to Hannah? And that's the, I I mean, which that's like three, three degrees of separation right there. And that's how we first started talking. Yeah. And we, um, this was in the intro episode, of course, but we, I I was very excited about this podcast because, um, I felt strongly about not doing one just to kind of do it and to talk. And I feel as though, um, it's going to be really fun because we sort of intentionally, we, we have gotten a drink and stuff, but we sort of intentionally did not 
really, really develop a friendship until we started recording to kind of have a more organic journey recorded, um, which is sort of funny because it's ironic, right? It's It was intentionally <laughs> creating something organic. Um, but it's cool because we have a lot of things in common. We're the same age. We have similar careers now. At one point, we thought we were going to have the same <laughs> career, which you pursued and I did not. Um, but we're also very, very opposite. Like you have a checklist every morning oh, so about like checklists. your lemon water. Like, she has so many. She has guys. Cece has like. I, I mean, I have, I have probably eight hundred apps on my phone, and I've probably opened forty of them more than one time. Cece has like organization. I, it's amazing to me. Yeah, I like took out my phone when we went for drinks and she was just like, what is your phone? And I had to show it to her. And I, I remember you were like, why does your phone look like that? And I was like, look like what? And then you showed me yours and I was honestly a little horrified. I was like, what is the organization? <laughs> like, where is everything? Even... Why are there 50 million? No, there's none. I just, you know, I just search for what I want. I'm working on being a little bit more organized, but it's just, I'm just very like, everything will be fine. You know, let the good times roll. No, um, I, I I love that. Like, I think I need to way more be like that sometimes, which is, yeah, which is why I was like, you know, I, and I thought about maybe doing a podcast with like someone I was already friends with, but then I was like, is it just going to be like a friend to friend conversation and it, like what's really like the theme? So I wanted to pursue something that was like a little bit more like thematic, a little bit more like like you say, it's kind of like we're so similar in so many ways, but also opposite in others. And I love hearing about different viewpoints from people like you Same. and your crazy apps. And I I think it's helpful when you're listening. I, I always like listening to things where the people have like slightly different perspectives from each other. Um, I just think it's a little bit more interesting and informative. Um, where did most of your close friends that you have now come from when did you meet them yeah I feel like or it's really different a, times is fine yeah I Talk feel like it's it. tell us their really secrets a hodgepodge. <laughs> tell us their secrets I think they wouldn't like that um <laughs> yeah although I do have a friend who at some point in her life did um hook up with Lil Wayne so that's a secret um yes Lil Wayne yes I can't decide if that's cool I think it's, I mean it's a very good story <laughs> Yeah, it's definitely something. Um, so uh, <laughs> there's a secret. Uh, but I, I think in general, my friends have come from like trying to uh, strive for the same goal in the same environment. So even when I think about like my middle school friends or my high school friends, a lot of it is like we uh, we call each other like our group lunch group because we all just like had lunch in the same area for all of high school mm -hmm. and now I'm like how did that even occur I guess it's like you have to sit at lunch somewhere right so you just like pick somewhere and you, you bring just your look around friends. for the people who sort of seem the most sort of similar to you or friendly yeah yeah or they're like open to the possibility of making friends in that environment and we didn't sit in like the cafeteria so we like sat in this like certain place that was like open so it felt like as much self uh organizing as you could and mm -hmm. uh you know we were also in a lot of the same classes so how to do like group projects together would like see do each other's like help each other with homework, stuff like that. And I think having that like common goal or purpose really helped us, you know, spend time mm -hmm. with each other, but also uh, kind of have like an organic reason to mm -hmm. uh, totally. seek each other out. Yeah. And I think in college, it's like kind of similar, except I think the goal was more like discovering yourself. So a lot of my good friends, like our college times are just no, probably not great stories of us like going out drinking, crying over boys and stairwells and to each other, like repeat, rinse, repeat, rinse. And, uh, mm -hmm. and most of us were like all single throughout college, which is funny. But like I in retrospect, I like that. I like that we were all really going through this like same discovery and journey of who we were and like who uh, we were in relation to like this idea of like a partner or a boy. Um, for so long. And even now, I feel like in New York, a lot of my friends have been like, I, I think as you get 
older in New York, a lot of your friends start moving away, right? Like I have friends who've moved to the suburbs, like friends who have babies and then move to the suburbs. Mm -hmm. So the unifying theme, I feel like, is whenever I meet someone who's like in their 30s in New York still, I'm just like, oh, you're still here. And what are you hoping to do here? Like, why are you still here? And if we kind of have the same like goals of discovery and like going out to things and still like exploring everything the city has to offer, that's usually like a good sign that we'll get along for that. So I'm like very much a fan of like aligned purposes in the same environment. Um, Of course, when you're older, I think the harder part is like consistency. But like, I think that's that's it for me. I don't know. What about what about you? How, where are your friends from? So I have actually like I think it's kind of weird. Um, I am still like I, I went to my high school reunion. I love I love a high school reunion. Um, <laughs> I wish we would have one every like two years. But um, I'm not close friends with my high school friends because I went to a very small school in Waco, Texas. And I think 40% of my class went to Baylor, which is like the local university. It's a good school. There's nothing wrong with it. But And then I think like 85% of my class stayed in the state of Texas. Um, and I just did something completely different. You know, I moved to New York. I went to NYU. And so all of my, all of my friends from high school were still very much... Mm-hmm. in sort of the same environment with each other and so we naturally sort of faded apart and then I have a few close friends from college I was in a sorority but um nobody in my <laughs> I, I was a I was the worst sorority girl ever I was horrible they hated me I hated them um Wait, why did but you I stay? also got very like I, did you I stay in the sorority the whole well time? with rules yeah. that are stupid why did I stay? Well, because I was like, you can't kick me out. And they they couldn't. I mean, I don't know if they tried. But like, you know, they'd be like, oh, you didn't show up to this. So you have to come to the meeting about not going. And I was like, yeah, I'm not going to go to the meeting about not going to the meeting. Like, that's insane. Um, so I did go undergrad alum early. Um, but I so, so okay. I like didn't quit. Like, I didn't get kicked. Like, I'm still in the sorority. Um, Mm. it's a life, it's a lifelong commitment, but, um, (laughs) I'm still in the sorority, but I did, I did stop before I finished it. But, um, a lot of my good friends from college were from class or other sororities and stuff. And then most of my, it's a mix, but most of my actually like best friends now I met as an adult, um, at different things. I met my best, best friend when I was 30 in Sun Valley um and she and I just are like I mean it's we're we're different but we're very similar in actually like all of the chaotic ways it's like double chaos when you guys are together sort of sort of a mess it's like it's um (laughs) it can get what were you guys doing in like um, Sun Valley like was an activity and then you know a, a lot of Um, no, we met because my, my ex-husband, one of his good friends from being younger was, uh, had worked with, not at the same company, but, um, Ooh. her Ooh, ex-fiance a exes was a It's so dramatic. <laughs> Um, was a client of uh, his friend and he, but they became friends and then they introduced us. And um, so she and her ex-fiance came over to my house um, and we just sort of became friends from from there. They they had a place in, in Sun Valley as well. Um, and then other friends, I met one of my other good friends at the orientation for the New York Junior League, which if you do Junior League, I think that's great. I also don't like dislike sororities. I dislike them for me, but Junior League is an adult sorority. And I went to it and I was like, is anyone else in this place like thinking what I'm thinking? And I made eye contact with one person and I was like, this is like not for me. Um <laughs> Wait, what and made it not for it wasn't you? for her either. And then she has a job. I don't know if these people – it just seemed like a lot of, like, 
structure. Yeah. Not obviously volunteering needs structure, but it seems like a lot of like very like sorority s structure. Mm-hmm. Like a lot of like you sign up for this committee and the older people on the committee tell you exactly what to do and we do this and this and this and this is required and if you don't do that like it just had a very it has a very mm-hmm. similar to a sorority structure sort of vibe. Um it's also very far uptown and I live downtown or lived downtown. Um, and I also felt like most of the, it's sort of ironic cause I was going to, to make friends as well, but, um, I, I felt like most of the people at the orientation had sort of just moved to New York, like fresh out of college. And when I went, I was a little bit older. I think I was mm-hmm. 26 or 27. Um, and I felt like we were at kind of different stages of life where I wouldn't want to I know that oh, sounds I think silly, there's a huge like difference between like now that's 22 no fresh, fresh out of college but, though and like I don't know a couple years out yes and and also from um I think New York is just one of those things where when you first move mm-hmm. there you have a very different attitude toward it like toward what you want to do in New York versus when you've been there for a little bit and I moved to New York when I was 18 and NYU is not like Columbia um Columbia is very much like college in the city Mm -hmm. NYU is very much like the city also Mm -hmm. with college if that makes sense and so I felt like you know I was like well I've been here for eight years I don't think that I'm gonna have the same like okay did you go to SantaCon most of these people want to do did you ever go to SantaCon um, I went to SantaCon mm, one okay. time while I was still in undergrad, so I will allow it. And I also like thought it was dumb then, but it was yeah. disgusting. It was the that was the grossest experience of my life. Just not even like I mean everybody was acting gross, but also it was like gross. Like you mm-hmm. go to the bars and there are so many people and they're so rowdy and they've been drinking since so early in the morning. They're just completely mm-hmm. out of control. And so there was like – it was actually gross. Oh, like no, I tried to go to the bathroom. Don't. Yeah. And it was like – the bathroom was the most disgusting bathroom I've seen in New York City. And I've gone to the bathroom in the East River Park public toilets multiple <laughs> times. saying something. So yeah. I remember um, <laughs> I tried to go see a movie in like the East Village during SantaCon one year and I – walked to the theater and then I saw everyone in their like you know little Santa outfits outside and they were just like vomiting on the street like right before I was going into the theater and I was like wow what is this um I know Santa Con's like a huge thing in like San Francisco as well etc and I never like participated in it because I think when I first moved here I had that like theater experience and I was like what is happening this does not seem like a pleasant experience although to be fair like in college I'm sure I I went to a ton of things that were disgusting it's just like fact look totally totally but it's just like in in New York when it's Santa Con you're confronted with I I know this isn't like technically (laughs) constitutional but I think we should look at putting like kind of a kind of a 3D cage around Murray Hill SantaCon weekend and just keeping everyone in and everyone else out. Um, I don't know. But um, so I met one of my good friends there. And then because of her job, which I don't know if I can say her, she's she's an editor of um, a, a social publication in New York. Um, so she knows a lot of people mm-hmm. and I would like go to events with her and hang out, um, not in like a social climbery way, just because like we like doing the same things. And um, I met a lot of my other good friends fr- through her. Actually, um, oh, my cute. friend Mackenzie is also like a TikTok creator and she has an online book club and stuff. And everybody thinks that we met on TikTok or on Instagram and there's no there's no problem with that. But I've actually known her for a long time because I met her through Christy. Um, and so different places, but mostly most of my friends now who are like my close, close friends, I met as an adult, um, which I think is, is more rare, but also I think it makes sense. You know, I think, um, I don't have kids, but I think the other time that most people meet most of their good friends as an adult that they make when they're an adult, um, 
is Mm -hmm. when they have a child and start doing either like neighborhood play groups or daycare or school or sports or whatever and meet other parents. And I think, you know, being in an urban environment where people aren't really doing that yeah. when they're I always joke that I hope my future kids, like, um, I really want them to kind have of find cool those friends so that ways, they're, you know? I don't know, or at least, like, friends with cool parents so that when I do hang out with their parents, it's going to be a fun time. Uh, I, I think it, like, makes a lot of sense to be at a point mm-hmm. in your life where your friends are just changing a little mm-hmm. because you're, like, where you are is different, where you're – what you're thinking about is different. Like your stage of life is different. And that's not to say like, I mean, I still keep in touch with my high school friends through things like our fantasy football and stuff, but a lot of them have kids. And I'm sure like they spend a lot of time like with other parents and like thinking about stuff like that. And, you know, they can't talk to me about parenting in the same way that like when we were in high school, we could talk to each other about like, I don't know, AP Calc. It just like is the natural flow of life. Right. Right. Exactly. And I think parenting also like really resets the schedule. Like mm-hmm. like parents days have a very different. Um, Most of the parents I know tend to wake up earlier and go to bed later or, or sorry, wake up earlier and go to bed earlier yeah. than most of the non parents I know. And in a strange way, that actually also makes it difficult because you can like text all day and stuff, but you don't have the same kind of social times. Um as non as non parents um i don't know i think the top question people ask me is how do i make friends as an adult um like whenever i'm giving people so i say a couple things um i think you know you have to look at why it's difficult to make and keep friends as an adult and then kind of Mm -hmm. fix those things yeah so part of it is time Right. Um, We were just talking about that, Mm -hmm. in my opinion. Like, it's just hard to schedule and everything. But I think building friendships is like dating. Like, you have to carve out intentional time to spend with people. I don't know if you agree. Oh, Um, yeah. And you just, like, I think this is also why sometimes it's, like, easier. It was a lot easier for me when I was at work to make work friends because you do just spend so much time with them, right? Like, if I was walking Mm -hmm. down the hall. Especially your job. Yeah. If I was walking down the hall at like 11 at night, I would pop into like someone else's office because they're also there and we would just like spend two minutes get together. And like that was, yeah. that is the time. And like, I don't know, you just like don't spend as much time in outside of work environments sometimes, especially if you are working like, I don't know, a pretty demanding job in New York as I think a lot of people mm-hmm. in New York are. Yeah, no, exactly. Um But I think, you know, you don't have as many – if you don't have children, there aren't as many connected communities, right? And there aren't – There's, like, work maybe – I I know some people join, like, volleyball leagues, right? Or, like, soccer leagues here. That's a thing. Yeah. No, people people love to do that. That is – I'm so happy for them. That's not for me. You're like not not a volleyball person. Yeah, me neither. I really suck at sports, and the more like apparatuses you add in, the worse I get. So like, if you add a basketball, I'm like terrible. If you add a racket and a ball, I'm like the worst. Would you rather spend every Wednesday playing recreational volleyball or at a dinner party where there's a guitar guy, like one of your friends? one of the invitees to the dinner party mm-hmm. always brings his guitar and then after dinner pulls it out and insists on singing for the next hour good? and a half. Is he um, good at guitar? I mean, he's not bad. He's not like conspicuously horrible, but it is like during the social time after dinner where everyone's sitting and having a drink. Now we have to be respectful to this guy who's singing, trying to make everybody sing country roads and rounds for an hour. Uh, oh man, that's hard. Probably I would suck it up and do volleyball because even though I don't like, I don't think I'm very good. If people aren't, if they don't make fun of me for doing it, then I will be fine. Like, uh, 
one of my friend's birthdays, we went to one of those like video, video, like golf driving places, right? Where, uh, you know, you just like do the golf stuff. And I was so bad and they were so good, but it was still like ultimately a fun time because no one made fun of me about it. And Mm -hmm. uh, they could do things like blindfolded left hand, like non-dominant hand and like still hit the golf ball within the target. Yeah, they were so good. Like I'd never seen people who were so good at golf um, in real life until I met them. And now I'm kind of like, oh, do I want to get better at golf? I am very bad at golf though. I actually, I think I agree with you. I think I would also pick volleyball for different reasons because I just think it's important to put yourself in situations to be like a nice person. Mm-hmm. And I know myself and I know after the second or third week with Guitar Guy, I would not be able to keep it inside. And you just like say something and then offend yeah. him. Yes. And it's like if you're being mean to Guitar Guy, you're being mean to that person. If you're like joking about recreational volleyball, you're joking about this sort of curated experience that people in their 20s and 30s have made because they're lonely which is like sort of funny and and not offensive and I don't I don't want to be mean to this like poor yeah, it's like John it's Denver likes fan. to do no no I totally yes, agree exactly. it's like I think sometimes <laughs> I don't know work etc like organizing everything in your life like remembering to auto pay your credit cards your bills all that do your taxes like I just don't I think I underestimated the amount of time it took to be a functional adult and uh like with that precious time when people do have like hobbies or passions or anything that they love even if it's like mediocre guitar or whatever it's like I don't want to be mean about that like I want to encourage that exactly like I know it sort of sounds like I'm choking but I really like authentically am not like I actually think it's really cool and like I don't have the I would I I would never do like a guitar well I can't play guitar but I would never do like a performance like that and I think it's really cool that people have those interests and that confidence yeah and so it's just since it's not like my thing to participate in it's good for me to stay away from it and appreciate that from afar that's yeah. so everybody everybody is gonna listen to this and be like i don't really like hannah anymore but i don't you're you're being I don't honest mean it like that like in the same i i think it's nice like i'm not being mean i i think that everybody should do their hobbies and that you should also put themselves look like my hobbies are really dumb like I'm like tying Hermes shit to my head and like making shirts out of squares of fabric and like a lot of people look at me and they're like what the fuck is it and I know that they look at me like that but it's like fine like you stay in your lane and be happy with my like weird like out of touch bohemian fantasy and I'll stay in my lane and you can um I don't want to say guitar again I don't know you can be in a billiards league Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it's like there's something for everyone and it is good to identify what you like to do and recognize that what you like to do might be someone else's like idea of the most terrible night in existence, right? Like there are other people who love, like I do have some friends who do love live music. They just like love going to piano bars and listening to live music and all that and I'm glad that there is like a place for them to do that. Um, mm-hmm. Or like karaoke. I I don't really like karaoke, but it's like so popular yes. here. And like people do just love karaoke. So it's like, I don't, I don't know. Everyone, I think that's like part of the difficulties of adulthood is also like trying to figure out like what, what your, what activity it is that you kind of want to like organize your social life around a little bit because it's very hard to just like go out and like sit in the common area as you did in college and like be able to run into people like it has to be so much more activity oriented right I mean imagine if you were actually I'd probably like say yes and hang out but um I don't have very good you know how Freud talks about like life instincts I don't have strong ones um, <laughs> you're like, and I am now dead. If this was uh, yeah, you I know, mean, a millennium I, ago. 
like two months ago, I I was with my boyfriend who is like um, I mean he's not he's not scary, but he's he's big. Um, he is like six one, six two, and like probably I, I can I can we just close men's weights? That's fine, right? Um, he's probably like I think I cl- think so. Close to uh, well, whatever. Um, he's probably close to like two hundred pounds. Like he played like yeah. minor league rugby, he uh, like professional minor league rugby. Like he's like yeah. a big guy. So that part made it like safer. But we met these people at the bar at a bar in like a sailing town. I live on a sailboat, and they were like, "Do you want to come see our boat?" And then they started talking about and my retelling the story is another example of how I have horrible life instincts. They started talking about how they used to have um a job disposing of bodies for the mafia and they showed oh us like God. the compartments on the boat and I was like we have to get off this boat but I'm also like oh my god like I'm the kind of person who ends up on this boat I, I've I've been on metaphorical boats many times in my life like I <laughs> oh my god like, I'm like so stressed hearing the story <laughs> I know everyone's like do it for the plot and they like sleep with like a consultant and I'm like do it for the plot on a mafia executioner's boat <laughs> like, yeah I mean that is a plot everything uh, it was I don't fine. know if it's a plot it you want to be a part of what um uh, I said yeah it's a plot I don't know if it's a plot that you want to be a part of though no, probably uh. probably not I wasn't even thinking that I was just like oh cool I love to see boats um and you know what it was I did learn some I didn't there, there was nothing I learned that night that I that I heard that night that I had known before that night. So, it was educational. Yeah, uh. yeah. yeah. I I love that. No, I feel like I, I am. I mean, I love that for you. <laughs> I think like I I had like a pretty bad experience like trusting someone when I was doing like my post college Euro trip before law school and I was doing it solo so I was like I went into the summer very naive about like who I could trust who could I go with anyway had a bad experience where afterwards I was like oh my god the world is like a scary place and ever since then uh my fiance tells me like this is crazy but I will in any like room I go into I will immediately like look for the exit like figure out an escape plan like oh if this happens like then I can like exit through this is it like the second floor then I think I can use this as well it's like a little unhinged but I think like I'm so used to things not work I mean not even used to I'm just like so scared of things not working out that like yeah, like contingency A, you contingency just love a B, contingency. uh, probably too many contingencies than I actually need. Yeah, I'm like, I'll figure it out in the moment, <laughs> and it's been mixed results, but um, <laughs> great. So you should join like a Bohemian club, and I should join the like, I don't know, pl- over planner club, or maybe maybe the opposite. Yeah, maybe we do need to inject some <laughs> some different energy into our lives rather than, I don't know, like uh, this shared interest. Right. I'm always like, what's the worst that could happen? But then I don't think about what the worst that could happen is. I just use it as a as a phrase. Yeah. Like the yeah. same time people would be like, say la vie. I'm like, what's the worst that could happen? And a lot of the time it's like pretty bad, but I don't go to that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I feel like but, if I joined like a true crime book club or something, that would be so enjoyable, but also like the worst. It would be like a bunch of people like me who are like trying to plan for all the contingencies all the time. Right. I did you see this is a little off topic, but that's OK. We're going with it. I saw um, a TikTok the other day, which I know it's really annoying when people describe TikToks, but it was basically a woman locked the door and then she was like how that made you feel will tell you like your response in crisis like fight or flight sort of thing and I um had to watch it again because I didn't even know yeah. what she did like, like I, she I, locked the door? I didn't have any emotional reaction to it what emotional reaction like don't we lock doors after going into rooms is that not normal I think it was like okay now you're closed in I don't I don't know I I didn't really understand it but 
Oh, I thought you were going to no. talk about the TikTok where, like, that woman was, like, in case I disappear, and she, like, made a whole folder with, like, her hair, her handwriting, like, like just a way to identify her if somehow she disappeared and her, like, body showed up somewhere. Um, that was, like, a crazy video. I saw one of those, but it was, like, a j- <laughs> it was, like, he had, like, a like a Blue Lives Matter flag. And he was like, you don't have to believe it. Just let the cops think you do so that they'll try and find you. It was oh not God. like a serious one. <laughs> That's the difference between our for you pages. You got the like tip and I got like yeah. the guy roasting her about it. Um, I actually think that's a good a good thing to do though. Yeah. Also to choose the photos of you that you want on the posters and in the media because – you don't want your fiance to pick them. You don't want your mom to pick. <laughs> It'd be like, oh, look at this photo. She looks so cute. Yeah, I would be never. Like, I'd be like, now that everybody's seen that picture, I can never forever. fucking come back. Like, <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> You're like, now I have to stay gone. <laughs> um, but no, what what value do you think friendships? I mean, friendships have a lot of value. So to be more specific, like versus a romantic relationship, because I think that this is something women understand intuitively and men, American men specifically, very often rely, sorry, heterosexual, probably cis, but I, I, yeah, cis heterosexual American men tend Mm -hmm. to, I think, not understand the difference between having like deep friendships with platonic people and a, a version of a friendship with mm-hmm. your romantic partner. It is a friendship, but I, I think that they're different. Um, so what do you what do you think is the like important? Yeah, I mean, I think it goes back to like in your ideal world, right? Like what would you be doing? And I think it's a little unrealistic sometimes to be like, oh, well, you know, my romantic partner will be just as interested in like this reality dating show that I like as well as like, Mm -hmm. I don't know, like this type of travel as well as like, I don't know, wine. Like my fiance does not like wine, which is fine. And I think like what I see some people do, right, is like they force their fiance to start enjoying wine or their partner to like start enjoying it. Um, which you can't really force. I feel like uh, we did like a virtual wine tasting um, event. And every time I like gave it to him, he was like, it tastes like old tires. And I was like, you know what? There is something elegant about that description. And yet uh, you can't just say everything. Yeah. Rubber sommeliers will throw a little, a little rubber fresh tire, old tire at you. But right. Right. I was like, perhaps with some layers of floral or fruit as well. Yeah, yeah. But if everything is old tire, I was like, oh, man, like, this is, this is not your jam. Um, So it's like, yeah, so it's like, I could could be like, hey, you know, you have to start going to these wine bars with me or um, alternatively be like, oh, I just like, don't go do wine things as much as I want to. But I think like the role of friends is just like realizing that you have a different relationship with them than your partner. And uh, we all just like to be our fullest version of ourselves, right? Like it is fun to find people to do all of these activities with that are kind of like our full, like our full realization of what we want to do. Yeah, I think that's right. And I also think that like you need advice about things and there are this, I'm not saying like men and women are different in like a 1950s sense, but my belief is that it is a fact that there are ways that men and women are treated or interpreted differently and that if you're a heterosexual person, it's not always possible for, I mean, I I don't want to say it's impossible, but it's not always as easy and it can be exhausting sometimes trying to explain your perspective on things to your partner. Whereas if you just call Mm -hmm. a friend who has by virtue of 
their circumstances had a lot of similar experiences, you can just be like, listen to this. Do you know what I mean? Like, I don't know. I feel like everybody has the example of like a female friend sending like a really passive aggressive text and showing their like boyfriend and the boyfriend's like, what? She's being so nice. And you're like, you're the stupidest person I've ever met. Like, you don't know anything. Um, <laughs> and so I think that there are just just things where it's like, I I don't, and I, I don't mean like I feel so bad for men, but there are a lot of things that like I don't understand about like the male experience or like societal expectations of men. And mm-hmm. so my boyfriend, I'm happy to talk to him about it, but I don't have sort of like, an immediate understanding. And I think that that immediate understanding mm-hmm. yeah. of life experiences, which also, of course, are not limited to gender. Um, they have to do with mm-hmm. regionality and interests and education and all, all kinds of things. But I think that, um, yeah, I, I just think that that there's a lot of value in being able to call somebody who just immediately like understands what you're talking about without having to explain it, you know, like, um, this is a silly example, but I was with a friend around Christmas time and she was, (laughs) she was talking about how somebody keeps copying her decor, like that she was putting outside of her house, but like that she kept Mm -hmm. doing it wrong and that made her actually even matter because, yeah. like, the wreaths were, like, the wrong proportion and, like, the bows and, like, the lights were, like, um, a mix of warm and cool and not intentionally. And she felt mm-hmm. like she was even more annoyed by the copying because it almost made hers look, like, similar to a bad version. That's very snobby. Like, I, I don't know. Whatever. Mm-hmm. But – I immediately knew why she was what she was talking about and why that was annoying to her. She doesn't know the person who's copying her. It wasn't like a random and has other there's other context yeah. to the situation. But I like immediately understood it. And my boyfriend was with us and he was like, What are you talking about? Like, it's a wreath. And, <laughs> and you're it's like, not, it's it's not it's just, not a, just wreath. a wreath. It's like more than the it's wreath. It's about like imitating me when you're being so passive aggressive and then like you don't even have the <laughs> you don't even have the dignity to do it right <laughs> like just <laughs> dumb I mean I'm kidding but I think yeah I just think that um it's important to have these conversations that we with people we can relate to but who also have a slightly different perspective yeah yeah And I think, like, then the more perspectives you have, right, like, the more perspectives you have from friends, uh, the stronger, like, the more options you really have when you do want to, like, talk about certain things. And I know sometimes when I have, like, a huge, I don't know, life thing that I am facing, I have, like, in mind just, like, you know, five friends, all slightly different perspectives, who's opinions I really trust and like I'll go to them and be like I think I did this when I was like hey like should I quit my job and they'll all have like different things to say and I think it's like good to have that wealth of perspective versus just Mm -hmm. like going to your romantic partner and being like hey I'm gonna quit my job and like have that be it like I I don't know I'm like a huge fan of diversity of perspectives and I think friend friends is a way of doing that and also like feeling less isolated in the world right like I do think the more you realize that you can connect with a broad range of people, the more possible your life seems. And like, I don't know, it helps me feel less alone in the world, which really ultimately I think is like my number one fear in life is like feeling isolated. Right. It's, it's totally true. And then I think we've all had, toxic friendships um and I guess to me one of the things that shifted my perspective the most about that with friendships and also relationships is that I've learned as an adult to sort of take the judgment out of it if that makes sense which makes it a little like simpler and less painful like a lot of the time I think whenever you fall into a really toxic friendship cycle it's about your 
dynamic with the person, whether that's developed or it's because of life changes or because of just fundamental things about your personalities that don't work together. Um, And of course, I do think that there are such things as people who are just horrible. Mm -hmm. But I think that most of the time, it's just like we're not all compatible. And Mm -hmm. if somebody's toxic to me, I'm likely also toxic to them. And that doesn't necessarily mean that either of us are bad. Yeah. Yeah. If that makes sense. It depends, of course, on the circumstances. Now, if somebody is like going out of their way to try and sabotage you or something, that's different. (laughs) Yeah, that's a... I feel like that should be recognized as like fully toxic, but you're right. There's like gradients in toxicity and you can like have a great time with someone and still not be good for your like ultimate goals or whatever. And I think that's something that I've had to think about sometimes is like, I can really enjoy spending time with someone. We can have a great time, but then I'm like, oh, do I, at the end of the day, like when I'm alone in my room like is this the life I want to lead and to kind of constantly do that re-examination well and I also I think this is another good point I think it's sort of um I don't want to say important advice but I think it's it's good advice uh and it kind of goes back to the romantic partner thing not everybody has to be everything for you in terms of a friendship and probably no one can and it's also fine it's fine with me it doesn't have to be fine with you you being anybody, not CC specifically. <laughs> like, it's it's fine if you love theater mm-hmm. and you have a friend that you go and see theater with and you don't really have much else in common and, like, maybe they're kind of a gossip or something. And so that's, like, the extent of your friendship. And that doesn't, that doesn't mean that that person has no significance in your life. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, your closest confidant might be somebody who you don't have a ton of um uh who you don't have a ton of like interests in common with and so when you hang out you like go to dinner and sit down and just really talk and so I think that's another important thing to friendship and to sort of avoiding toxicity is like understanding that not everybody is going to be compatible with you in every way but that Mm. doesn't mean that you guys are necessarily incompatible yeah. or that there's not a place for them I obviously there are some behaviors that means there's no place for this person in my life but but there's nothing wrong with like having a friend who you take yoga with four days a week mm-hmm. and then have tea after and that's the extent of the friendship yeah. and you don't have to push it to be more totally yeah and I think that's like the toxicity comes when like one of the people is like trying to like make it more than the boundaries that the other person really wants, right? Um, I think it is like yeah. maybe they are your like yoga f- yoga friend, and then they want to like come along to everything else, and then that's and you don't want that. In which case, like that's where a lot of the stress and anxiety comes from from being like, oh my god, like they mm-hmm. this was like their this is like what I thought we agreed was our role in each other's lives and like instead like I think about I don't know I have some friends who like you know got married and then they didn't ask someone to be their like on their bridal party and then the person who was snubbed like goes ballistic right and then is like I won't come to the wedding anyway and I think things like that it's just like the more you can just like appreciate things for what they are Mm -hmm. and people for what they are and what they're willing to give you um that the less toxic your relationships will be. I agree. And I think it's also a good point. It's like none of us are at our best when people are asking us for things that we can't give them. No. Because that creates like a lot of guilt. And then whenever we feel guilty, we behave in ways that are bizarre and not good. Yeah. I mean, even when I like during particularly busy times at work, I would notice I would like respond to texts way less like uh you know Nathaniel might be saying something and sometimes I just would realize I wasn't listening and and I think that's it wasn't like I mean I wanted to give that to him but I think it's like when you are I don't know when there are too many demands on your mental bandwidth it just does happen and then you become like I become a much worse person and like a much worse friend a much worse partner um so kind of trying to like balance all of these things is 
it, it takes some like intentionality. And I think living intentionally is really, really, really hard. Um, you know, we have all these like, we have all these like structures before telling us what to do, what we need to do. And then when you graduate, you're just like, all right, this is life. You figure out what you want to do. Mm-hmm. So how do you, how do you make friends Yeah, as an adult? Yeah. I mean, uh, outside of, outside of, you know, my kids in the same daycare or something. Yeah. Using. My invisible kids. Um, so I go and uh, visit my invisible children and then I'm just like staring at them. And then all the other parents are like, should we call the cops? She's just like loitering here. Um, no. You're like, oh, I guess they lost mine. Oh, that's okay. I'll go home. But do you guys, do you want to have coffee? Yeah. Do you want to um, be friends? <laughs> Yeah, that would uh, definitely get me some uh, therapy visits too. But uh, yeah, I think right now my you just meet a lot of people like I think through two paths, right? One is I do do like outside of, I don't know, work, work. I don't even know what work is nowadays. I do like outside activities. So like I joined a dance company when I first got here and that was like a great. That's cool. Yeah. It was like a great. Did you dance as a kid? Um, I danced in high school. Yeah. High school and college. And then I guess law school. I did like my law school's like musical parody theater thing. I'm not like a theater person. Oh yeah. Law review. Yes, exactly. We called it parody, law review, whatever you call it. Um, Yeah. So I did that and I thought that was like a great way to, you know, constant, consistently like weekly have rehearsals with people. And then you would have like a show that you all prepare for. And it kind of felt me felt like making friends in um, dance team or like in one of those high school organizations, which I thought was like really one of the best ways to make friends is kind of having like that shared activity and like during tech rehearsals, right? We all just like sit there for hours and hours. So the only thing we can do is talk. Um, I think that's like pretty helpful. And I will just walk up to people like when I'm out at night and start talking to them. Oftentimes like, you know, it doesn't lead to anything, but other times like I've had enough success with doing that, that some of, uh, I'd say like my close friends that I see like on a weekly basis now, they were from just like walking up to them while we were at like a festival or like um, out in Brooklyn Mirage, like something like that where it works out. And if it happens enough, you're just like, okay, it's like positive reinforcement to keep on putting yourself out there. Even though sometimes like people do look at you like you're weird or they're just like, why are you talking to me? Well, I think it's a good thing to realize that like most adults, particularly in sort of an in-between phase of like, I'm an adult, but I don't have I haven't settled into my, like, life that's going to be my life yet. Most of those people are looking for friends. Yeah. And so I think that can be really empowering to start putting yourself out there and and meeting people and introducing yourself to people at bars or the gym or the library or wherever you go. Yeah. And I think it's also, like, um, friendships are like like dating in a way. Oh, absolutely. You know, you – you can't get discouraged because you have coffee with somebody – after soul cycle and like don't have that much in common like that's fine like on thursday at soul cycle talk to somebody else who has a good vibe Mm -hmm. and see if they want to get a coffee and it's it's exactly like i mean to me i wouldn't go on one first date and have it go poorly and then be like okay it's impossible to find a boyfriend there's no one out there for Mm me and friendships are sort of the same way and it's i think i think there's a feeling that friendship should be organic but the friendship will be organic even if the like effort is put in yeah to meeting the process still has to be intentional Um, yeah and I think I think the process has to be intentional and I think that you have to be I think to be a good friend um you have to put effort into the friendship Mm -hmm. you know you have to plan you have to say like oh you know try and make plans or put together it doesn't have to be so much work you can text a bunch of people and say like oh on Wednesday at seven I'm gonna go to this bar for like a happy hour anybody who can like please come by and we'll hang out yeah um but I think that you know I think it it can take some real effort but I think that people appreciate that um I do think it's a balance Mm -hmm. I think unfortunately with like friendships less so than with romantic relationships people are very very hesitant to reject people 
if that makes sense. Yeah, like and a friend so, breakup. Yeah, especially at the beginning. Mm-hmm. So like if you have coffee with somebody and then you text them and are like, oh, do you want to have coffee again on Thursday? And they're like, not really. Yeah. You're like, how's Friday? And they're like, busy. And they keep being busy. You do have to kind of probably get the hint. Yeah. Um, yeah. But it's not – it's 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 like dating. Not everybody's going to be mm-hmm. compatible. And it's better than dating because not everybody has to be perfectly compatible to have a valuable place mm-hmm. as a friend. Yep. Like you can have a roster. Yeah. You can have 20 friends, some yeah. of whom you see once a year. Some some people who just come to your birthday party. Yep. That's fine. That can still be your friend Yeah, in my opinion. No, no, no. I totally agree. And I think one of the – Uh, When I first moved to New York, I had some like sad experiences where like I would, you know, get drinks with someone, um, get coffee, we would go out and I would be like, this person is going to be like my best friend here, like my new best friend. Mm -hmm. And I feel so positively about them. And then I do invite them to something else. And then they're like, oh, I can't. But then I will like see on their Instagram stories that they're like doing something with someone else. And that's when I'm like, okay, I think you know, the level, the connection I thought we had, we didn't actually have, but it like does hurt more for a potential friendship where I was like, no, I thought we got along so well. It hurt more than like, I don't know, seeing like someone that you went on a date with do that, right? It it feels way more personal in some way. Yeah, because there's sort of, there isn't actually, but it feels, it feels like there's room for infinite friends. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And And it's like, you don't even want this little part of me that I want to offer. Like that, I don't know. That just right. like hurt my soul in the beginning. Um, no, it's it's really hurtful. Yeah. I think what helped me like come to terms with it a lot more is being like, okay, well, they don't want to be that type of friend with me, but maybe they still want to be another type of friend with me. And like to appreciate people for right. however much they are willing to meet you. Um, I think it like helped really heal those relationships with like those friends. Um, but yeah, sometimes they would like plan other trips with other friends right in front of me and at a certain point I was like oh my god like I get you don't want to invite me on this trip but like planning in front of me was a whole new level of where I was like okay I have to like you know protect my peace a little bit more and this is yeah it's okay it's okay you know it it happens and I think it it does just happen and I after this happened I talked to another friend and I was like how do you make friends in adult life and she was like honestly um if once a year like or if a year I meet five new people and I try to become friends with them and one of them ends up being a best friend that is a great batting average and I was like you know what I need to like start viewing as like yeah I need to start viewing it like that that's true um so they were I mean their hurtfulness was Mm -hmm. not a success but I do appreciate them for like what they are willing to offer right like I don't want to be the toxic friend like constantly inviting them to stuff or being like oh Mm -hmm. hey can I come along so it's it's kind of like I don't know it's a balance and you have to realize it's like a numbers game and I think in anything realizing that friendship is a numbers game is not something we're like conditioned to think about I agree and it's also a balance because I, I think as much as it's a numbers game, it's also like if you do have a friendship with somebody, it has to come from both sides, but you do have to put consistent effort into it yeah. in a way that we accept for romantic relationships, but I don't think feels as emotionally intuitive for friendships. You know, you have to actually like put effort into maintaining those mm-hmm. things and learning how to be a friend to different people. Yeah. Yeah. I think like... I mean, when would you have learned it, right? Like, I don't think there's any point in our lives where someone's like, hey, you need a – I mean, there's so many, like, dating manuals and, like, dating guides and dating advice. But there's, like, so – there's fewer friendship-making things because we almost, like, don't want to seem like we're trying. I feel like that's also part of it is, like, we've seen so many movies and stuff where it's, like, oh, it's cringy that they're trying to be a friend – like, a friend and, like, a hanger-on with this group. Um, that we don't want to be that person. Right. It's like, to me, one of the worst like societal things is the idea that putting effort into into anything yeah. is bad because it's, it's not true. Maybe we can write it to unqualified TikTokers with no psychological background. We'll just talk to a lot of psychologists. Guide to, yeah, guide to friendships coming, coming to your um, – bookstores in like three years <laughs> yeah let's pitch it yeah let's pitch it in 2025 uh-huh um this this was the pitch actually so it just 
just email us and we'll get back to you. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think I think that's I think we've kind of covered the topic. What yeah, do you think? I think that's I don't know. It's it is like a fascinating topic that uh, it's interesting to like get your view on because even though I think we made friends very differently and everything, we kind of agree that like trying is good, which is very counter mm-hmm. to. Uh, the dominant narrative about so many things in life. So if we can even agree on that, then I don't know, go forth and try something today. And it is okay if it doesn't work out. I, I completely agree. You'll feel better having put yourself yeah. out there or not, but you'll learn something from it, which also has value. Absolutely. Okay. Um, what are we going to talk about next week? Let's give them a little preview. Next week, we are speaking about, do you want to say, or do you want me to? Uh, No, I'll I'll introduce. So we'll be speaking about New York society, which uh, Hannah has a lot more insight into. And then uh, as well as the sumptuary code, which is like one of my favorite topics, which is essentially about like the ways in which the things we consume, right? The things we wear, et cetera, are indicators of class and wealth. So it's one of the things I've been wanting to talk about for a while and uh, the idea of like conspicuous consumption. So really excited to chat about that next week with Hannah. I'm very excited. I could write a thesis on social class in America. Yes. Well, that'll be our second book after the friend one. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. Um, Cool. Well, thank you guys for listening. Yeah, we love you all so much and we will see you next week. See you next week. And remember, follow us on Instagram, TikTok, all of it, both our personal accounts and the accounts for this podcast. Uh, We'll put them in the information section on the podcast app. What is it called? What do you mean? The description. Oh, I think it's the, yeah, the description. or show notes. People call it show notes. The or... show notes. Mm-hmm. Oh, I like the show notes. That sounds very professional. Yeah. I'll be in the show notes. <laughs> good night, guys. Have a good week. <laughs> <laughs>